Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. The Grizz land a couple of new recruits. 
We speak to one of them. And Cam Newton lands in Foxborough. It is to tell a new one is 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television around the great state. Thanks for being with us on your radios, on your televisions. We appreciate that very much. And if you'd like to listen live on the World Wide Web, we can facilitate that as well. 1029ESPN.com. You go there. You listen live all the time on the stream. Thanks to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to pick up your phone and give us a ring, that is also welcome. 361-3688. 361-3688. All guests join us via the Raggish Brothers RV phone line. Let's take a look at what we have in the show today. Two new recruits for the University of Montana Grizzlies. Uh, Justin Belknap is a grad transfer from Arizona. He's a defensive lineman. He will be uh, heading to the University of Montana uh, here this fall to uh, play in his final season of eligibility. Is that, we believe it's his final season. Is that right? Well, he's got to get it first. He's got he's already, he's already played, played five, five years, years but, but he should he, get the medical waiver. He had a two, he played two games in a season in which he was injured and lost the season, so they're expecting and hoping for a medical waiver for him but if he does receive that he will play his final season of eligibility with the uh, Montana Grizzlies and also TJ Roush going to join us TJ Roush out of Missoula Sentinel wide receiver he gave his verbal commitment to the Grizz this is the first verbal commitment for next year's class the class of 2021 and it's uh, right out of the Garden City uh, heading to uh, stay in local I guess I should say uh, in Missoula so we will speak to him as well we'll also get to uh, a couple of things around the big sky Fallon Friggy and Claire Lundberg are both going to Sweden to play basketball uh, maybe not that surprising uh, for either of those uh, uh, ladies that they have a professional career out in front of them. I'm interested to know a little bit more. Fallon Friggy had signed that it was uh, had had been hired not merely to be a you know grad assistant to be an actual assistant coach on the staff. No, it's Blair Braxton. Excuse me. Your uh, your Alzheimer's is kicking mm, in again. Mm, mm. Well, You're close. Double B's. Is it Blair Braxton? Blair Braxton's on Trisha Benford's staff officially. No, yes. You know you uh, win some. Fallon Friggy continues to play. That's good. She's going to play in Sweden, so is Claire Lundberg. Good for both of them. We'll talk about that. Cool story well. for Claire Lundberg, too, because Claire Lundberg was, uh, had an inside track on being the Big Sky Conference MVP, which would have given Montana State two straight Big Sky MVPs. Mm-hmm. But Claire Lundberg, with a horrific knee injury halfway through last year, completely derailed Montana State season. They ended up about a 500-team in league, and they didn't do anything in the tournament. Their best player was out. Yeah. And it turns out their second best player was sitting on the bench because Fallon Friggi was sitting out because of transfer rules. But it's an interesting dynamic, the fact that they've had two different one-and-done, quote-unquote, type transfers that only played one year at Montana State, but that were great players. Claire Lundberg obviously impeded by injury, but then Fallon Friggi goes on and wins the Big Sky MVP. And now you got two pros coming out of the program. So I think Trisha Bidford's done a better job of... The transfer portion of this, especially when it's someone that just has one year eligibility remaining, uh, better than maybe anybody. So we'll uh, we'll get into that a little bit as well. Top of the hour, NFL football. Cam Newton finally has a landing spot. Didn't know if it was going to come here before the season. This felt like a thing where somebody was going to wait to see if somebody sustained an injury and a need was presented itself at quarterback. He ends up going to New England and will be with the New England Patriots. We'll talk about that and specifically the contract, which to me is, is a surprising one to say the least. So there you go. That is our show uh, today. Coulter, how are you doing over there? Just fine. How you doing? Doing great. You and Sean Rainey played in a golf scramble last night. Competitive golf. You started two over between the two of you. We did. And you finished five under. We did. That's a strong last 16 holes or last 14 uh, actually holes. Actually, last 14 holes, okay. yeah. Well, good for you. Uh, 
it also is cause for great confidence for myself and Riley Corcoran because we're coming after you. I don't know when, I don't know how, but it's going to happen, and I just I mean, feel great about it. at the this. end of the day, this all comes down to who actually is a more fierce competitor. And actually, you it doesn't, guys are it doesn't come down lose. to fierce competitiveness whatsoever. It comes it, it down only though. to who's the better golfers. That's what it comes down to. Uh, now, in a, in a situation like this, is you're going to need some clutch. I don't know if you have any of that in your genes or your uh, psychology. Actually, we won't need any clutch because it will be so far on front will be like Dustin Johnson who can get up with a three-stroke league bombing out of bounds doesn't care still wins the turn I just want you to know that uh, I was with Sean for seven hours and this is literally the only thing he talked about <laughs> he did not talk about a one second of the actual round of golf we were playing the tournament we were trying to win no he only talked about uh, if you weren't with us on Friday by the way folks this is what we are uh, discussing because a sort of uh, impromptu over-the-air challenge match uh, between Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz, and myself versus Colton Nuanez and our buddy Sean Rainey from ABC Fox Television, a two-person. Maybe we, you know, is there any way we could get this actually going where we have, like, you know, maybe we try and raise a little bit of money for a good cause or something like that, and then... Uh, yeah, I mean, I know. got one. He's sitting right here. You? Yeah. Yeah. I need no, all the help I can get. Yeah. Okay, good. That's that's nice of you. Keep that heart wide open. <laughs> it's 2 tell Nuanez, 102.9 ESPN. Radio, SWX, Montana Television, Culture, the Montana Grizzly football team. They have gone very transfer-heavy in their recruiting this particular offseason. Now they have a new grad transfer and a uh, their first high school commit, verbal high school commit of the year from right here in the city of Missoula. So let's go through. Second, Chase Kuswich. Don't forget about him. Well, correct. These two, first from the city of Missoula. Well, I guess Jason's now I, I guess Jason's at now at Central, right. So they basically, basically got the... Uh, the Sentinel skill positions coming to the University of Montana now after T.J. Right. Roush's uh, commitment over the weekend. Exactly. So let's go through this, though, but let's start with Justin Belknap, a 6'3", 245-pound defensive end from Arizona who started, hello, 26 games for the Arizona Wildcats in the Pac-12. If he's able to get that medical redshirt, he will have an additional year of eligibility. He'll use that at the University of Montana. Where are you at, first of all, with, with this kid specifically? Uh, I mean, his film looks good. This is going to sound like an interesting analysis, but it is so rare that you see straight-up walk-ons become multi-year Pac-12 stars. Zero-star recruit. It's it's not like the big sky, where so many of the best players in the big sky were zero-star recruits and were walk-ons or partial scholarship guys that then turn into Cooper Cup or that, that turn into... You know, Brock Coyle or turn into Colt Anderson or turn into Mark Mariani. Yep. You know, guys that literally get drafted in the NFL, even though they got no offers coming out of high school. That happens in the big sky way more because there's just way more opportunity for it. You have schools that are in really rural areas. I've heard of a couple guys that break into the starting lineup by the time that they're like fourth or fifth year seniors because of oftentimes a com- combination of their development, but also because of attrition. Well, Justin Belknap was a 11-game starter before he ever got a dollar from the University of Arizona. That in itself is, I've never heard of that before. Mm-hmm. Usually, if you win a starting spot, you're on scholarship instantly at a Power 5 school because 85 guys There's are a lot on of full them. scholarships. Yeah, right, right. But he started 11 out of 12 games as a redshirt freshman in 2016. I had a pretty pretty okay year. But I, I'm wondering, wondering uh, two things. First of all, I think this kid's a good player. I think he's going to be a really good player in the Big Sky Conference, yeah. pending that he's healthy. But I also wonder, what is Arizona doing where they can't, as a Pac-12 school, out-recruit a guy who's a walk-on? That seems 
precarious. But also sometimes we see the dudes who are just the warriors of the program. Sometimes like in a program like Arizona where you've just been stuck in mediocrity for so long, they might start a guy to motivate everybody else. The guy might not be the, the most prolific right. or the guy that gets the most reps in the games. He's just the starter because you're trying to get everybody else to rise their level of play. His statistics were were just fine. You're watching the tape. It's hard to d- determine. Like a lot of teams now that are running these odd man fronts, so the defensive ends are distinctly different positions. Like at Montana State, for example, you got the four eye and you got the buck. They're way different spots. Watching Arizona, it doesn't seem like the defensive end positions are that much different. So I'm not sure if this guy's a strong end more or a weak end more. But he runs well. He's not overly huge. I mean, 6'3", 245, that's about on par for normal size for Big Sky Conference defensive ends. Yeah. But he plays with a really high motor, and he's obviously a really hard worker because he worked his way to the starting lineup. And like you said, he started 26 games, played in a total of 38 you know, n- nothing eye-popping about the statistics, but he did produce a little bit. I mean, he had four and a half sacks, six and a half tackles for loss in his career, so he was making a few plays here and there. Uh, but the the connections here are, uh, I, I believe he's somehow friends with Robbie Houck, head coach Bobby Houck's son. Robbie was, that was how I first learned the news. A tweet from Robbie popped up on my Twitter feed saying, congratulations, big man, can't wait to be with you again. The kid's from Henderson, Nevada. But I don't know where I'm, – I'm still trying to figure out if he had any stops in San Diego or if his crossovers because he knew Robbie Houck from when he was in Las Vegas. I'm not really sure. But Henderson's a suburb of Las Vegas. So this kid, I think he has some sort of connection to Robbie Houck. But he also – I like. I think he likely was on Coach Houck's radar when Coach Houck was at UNLV or even when Coach Houck was at San Diego State because he was recruiting the Vegas area. So it seems like that's um, – the, the, the connection to the University of Montana program. I spoke with, or I guess I texted with Justin earlier today. He said he's uh, kind of in a frenzy trying to get all his stuff packed up because he's trying to move here over the holiday weekend, but he's also trying to spend some time with family and friends before he comes to Missoula. So he's going to join us after we get back from vacation. So it'll be a little while. We can right. get some of this stuff cleared up. But just as a player, I think that he has the talent to be a very good player in the Big Sky Conference. And I think more D linemen is better no matter where you're at. And I think that Montana... The number one, we've talked exhaustively about the offensive line. I think the place where they've actually made the biggest strides in terms of what Montana, what Bobby Houck and his staff inherited is actually on the defensive front. Uh, one thing, you know, when it comes to why, you know, where does the zero star guy come from at the you know, University of Arizona and end up, you know, being a starter who doesn't have a scholarship, works his way into a scholarship? Kevin Sumlin took over the team in 2018. Yeah. You know, so he's been there just a couple of years. And that uh, it seems like a lot of times when a new coach comes in, you know, there's always attrition, and there's always guys who, you know, identified with the former coach. Oh, was it Rich Rodriguez? Was that immediately yeah, Richard, before yeah, someone? So you you have maybe guys who, you know, were, were Rodriguez guys or whatever it is, but also, depending on the type of culture or, you know, environment that the new head coach wants to create, you – have guys like this who are just nose to the grindstone, going to go to work. You have to – here's one thing I think. You have to assume that a kid like this, that his work ethic is very, very high, right? Because you don't just walk on anywhere, and especially in you know a Power 5 school, 
and work your way into a starting position and then your way into a scholarship without just grinding and being the guy who's doing all the right things all the time. And I think that a new head coach walks in, identifies who those guys are within the program, and then uses those guys, even if they're not the most talented, to create what he wants it to be. And it's so funny, though, because you usually think of Power 5, especially Pac-12 air raid type programs like Arizona, as almost exclusively based on plug-and-play recruiting. Mm. Like the 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 underdog story, we're going to do this with our workmanlike attitude. Kevin Summerall has never been known for anything besides throwing the ball sixty five times a game. Yep, that's what they're known for. So it's, it is interesting if if that is the case of how Justin Belknap was able to make his day. But it is it is sort of interesting. Well, but, and they, they have done nothing but that since someone's been at Arizona. I mean, it's not that they've been sure. great, uh, you know, a great football team or that they've turned a corner. I'm just saying, you know, you find those guys when you're when they're in there. And you go, okay, this is what we want this place to be. Hey, defense, go, you know, figure it out. We're going to be over here figuring out how to chuck the ball all over the yard. Right. And so, I, I don't know, I just find it – the reason I love covering the FCS football and, and the reason I, I gravitate when, I, when you are talking about FBS football, the reason I gravitate more towards programs like Alabama than programs like Oregon, for example, is that – the element of toughness, the element of fortitude, the element of perseverance, like those intangibles, it's the best part about football. It's what sets football apart from every other sport. You really can grind your way all the way to the top, and you can outlast. What did Jeff Choate say on our show about a month ago? He said the number one characteristic that will make you an all-conference football player is perseverance. Yeah. If you get to your fifth year, there's a chance you're going to be pretty good. And if you started out with a good base – you're going to be really damn good. The thing that drives me so crazy about the Power Five is those stories are almost pushed by the wayside because no matter what happens, if you don't live up to expectations, boom, you're down the depth chart. If you get hurt, boom, you got replaced. I think that's what happened with this kid. His 26 starts obviously had no equity for him. He breaks his foot, he's out, Yeah. and now they probably have three four-star guys ahead of him on the depth chart, and he's like, well, I'm not going to do that in my last year. I'm going to go figure out where I can play. We'll see what his actual story is when we get him on the show, but... Either way, that that part of it drives me crazy. But I, I do think that uh, this kid, you know, when you talk about what Montana's got now coming off the edge, I actually saw Patrick O'Connell uh, at the golf tournament yesterday, and he's looking good, looking looking like he's in great shape. The Deming, Deming twins were out there too. You know, they look, look like they put on some size. But, you know, Joe Babros was supposed to be a really impact guy last year. He played a lot of snaps, but he didn't make a lot of plays as a transfer from NC State. Mason Vinder was also supposed to be an impact guy coming from Washington State. He was academically ineligible. He was a non-factor. But Montana is, I think, showing that one of their recruiting strategies is to roll the dice on as many of the transfer guys as they can. And I I think it's a just fine thing as long as the guys don't have character issues. And it seems like all the guys they brought in, you know, maybe struggled in the classroom a little bit in Mason Vinder's case. But other than that, they've been guys that have been good for the program. And the worst thing you could ever have is a guy like Joe Babros not win a starting job and then be a cancer in the locker room. By all accounts, he's a great kid who still practices hard. He's ready to roll. But when you bring in more and more dudes, it puts the dudes already in the program on high alert. You have a chance to improve your roster. And I think so, at the end of the day, no matter what happens with Justin Belknap, I think it's a great addition because it just it just gives you another dude who wants to be in Missoula, Montana and play for the Montana Grizzly football At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. 
From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Are you surprised? I mean, you, you outlined the positives, right, for the, sure. for the way that you can have transfers. We also know that there's, you know, ways that it can go sideways. And if you bring in enough, you're going to get a lot of good kids and maybe a lot of, you know, kids that don't work out. And when I say don't work out, I'm not, I'm not necessarily hearkening to, you know, having off the field issues, getting into fights, getting, you know, DUIs or whatever, things sure. like that. I'm talking about kids that maybe don't work out in a football sense and sure. now are, the, like you said, maybe not great for the locker room or whatever it is. There's been a lot of transfers that Bobby Houck and this staff have gone after. Nine in this class alone. I mean, that's that's a big, that's a lot. That's a lot of kids at an FCS level in particular. It's a lot. Do you do you think there is, first of all, is there such a thing as too many? And second of all, what do you think about that, what I consider a pretty prolific number of transfers going to the University of Montana? Well, I think you look at it by case-by-case basis to then make the case that they are all similar in the fact that all these guys are coming to Missoula, Montana because they either weren't good enough to crack the starting lineup at their previous school, there was a coaching change at their previous school, that's the time that binds almost every single one of the FBS guys. There's just a coaching change. Mm. Or, like in the case of Robbie Patterson coming out of Saddleback Junior College. Well, you already brought Cam Humphrey in two years ago. You probably have seen, you, you were recruiting that junior college before. You've seen him in person multiple times. You've had contact with him, and you want to fill that sophomore class with a quarterback. Junior college guys, you know, they're playing their way up, so that's just fine. There was such a huge wave, particularly at the power schools in, Mon- in, in the Big Sky Conference, Montana, Montana State, Eastern Washington. I shouldn't say huge wave. But there was a lot more throwing caution to the wind when it came to transfers, even just a couple of years ago, let alone Bobby Houck's first tenure here. There was a whole group of guys that got in trouble uh, in 2008. Mm-hmm. They were all transfers. It's the infamous, they were robbing the house of the, the rival drug dealer, you know, the rival weed guy, and they pushed the girl's face in the pizza. It was, you know, this outlandish detail of the story that got sensationalized. But those five guys got arrested. Four of them were transfers. They were FD, FBS dropdowns. But they all had previous dings on their record, whether they were minor or major. They had gotten kicked out of their previous programs for being in trouble. Right. I don't think that you can do that anymore, uh, particularly in Missoula and particularly if you're Bobby Houck. I don't think that Coach Houck is going to take a kid who, even if he just thinks he made a mistake, I don't think they're going to take kids that got in trouble. I think they're only going to take kids they had previous recruiting connections with or that come from programs that had coaching changes or guys that just maybe were fringe, you know, like the Bo Braden kid from Washington State, right? We had him on the show. He was a walk-on at Washington State, and he said, you know, I had a chance to walk on at Pac-12 school. I realized pretty soon that I just wasn't going to be quite good enough to play there, but I'm glad I did it. I got better, and now I'm going to go to the level that I want to play at. I think that's the perfect type of transfer because yeah. he's a fringe guy, right? He's probably coming out of high school a little better than FCS, but not quite as good as Pac-12. But now you get him, and he's probably going to have, you know, at least he's going to like the experience that he's having here. So, you know, you you look at all nine guys. Take a guy like Justin Ford, right? Exactly. Already has a relationship with Coach Cox from from before, and then has, you know, not a great, just not a great experience at Louisville. Uh, Gets hurt. You know, doesn't, you know, doesn't feel good about necessarily the way everything was assessed physically speaking for him and an injury and all that. And now he's, you know, 
goes, you know, has has a couple connections in, uh, you know, in football. You have the opportunity to not lose a year by transferring down. I mean, that's another thing that I think people kind of sometimes overlook. Now, maybe this all goes away, and this is maybe one of the reasons that a lot of coaches at the FCS level don't want the transfer waiver to, you know, become a thing, because it's a pretty big selling point that you can transfer and not sit out. Totally. And, you know, now you get a kid who's potentially a very good, potentially an elite corner at this in this league showing up with, I think, a lot of motivation, a lot of skill and excited, ready to go, you know, and that's and that's a great thing. And that, you know, again, when I ask, is there is there such a thing as too many transfers? The answer is yes and no. But the, the reality is that especially with transfers, every story is unique. Like you have to assess every kid totally. and why they're doing it on their own, yep. you know, within the context of their own story. And I know that uh, there's been a, just an endless argument going on about just this, the talent of Montana. What has caused Montana from going, from winning 119 games between 2000 and 2009 to winning I think 78 games the next decade. I mean, you're talking about 41 less wins over a 10-year span. I mean, that's three right. to four less wins per year. That's a lot. It is. What were the impacting factors? We Everybody can agree that the NCAA sanctions, the endless coaching changes, and just the bad publicity of the University of Montana receiver were main factors. But we've talked a lot about talent level. And I think that the, the gap... Both, I mean, Mick Delaney was under a lot of, of Mick Delaney was was under was handcuffed because of the scholarship um, restrictions that yep. they had. Four scholarships at this level, when you're talking about, especially when you compare with in-state kids, that's like ten to twelve players, and that's where the the attrition and the non uh, the the not elite talent on the lines first started. A lot of people want to be clear. That's because you can split the scholarships up, and and so right. kids. A, uh, 10 or a dozen kids can get money out of four scholarships. Like, for example, my, yeah. Bobby Houck has recruited, what, I think nine linemen from the state of Montana over the last three years. Not one that was a full-ride guy, but you get to go get those guys with a little bit of cash, get them in the program and develop them. That's how you get a guy like Chris Dyke, who goes from you know a no-name basketball player from Dillon to an All-American offensive tackle. And I think that they're doing it right. But I, I think that Bob Stitt received a ton of the blame for – the gaps in recruiting, but it's not. It wasn't just his staff's fault. I think there was a. There's been a lot of different factors that go into this, but the reason that the number one reason Montana's taking all these transfers is you look at the positions that they're in, with the exception of quarterback, and we know the narrative there. Bobby Houck has said, "I want to have guys in every single spot or every single class in my quarterback right. room." But other than that, all their transfers are in the defensive secondary, the offensive line, and the defensive line. That's it. Bobby Houck said it for the whole first spring camp. That's the only quote he gave us. We got serious issues, boys, on the offensive line, the defensive line, and the secondary. That's all he said. That's all he would talk about every yep. single day. He would go back to it. Well, they're fortifying the ranks. And I think it's a testament to the, their ability to recruit because they basically they've remade their entire defensive front now. They, they Besides now that Jesse Sims has moved on, there is no stalwart. It is all new guys. And I think it's what they had to do. And I think that I think we'll see less and less transfers. Because make no mistake, Coach Houck. The strategy of recruiting a group of 25 high school freshmen and a college freshmen, excuse me, and redshirting those guys and having them be in the weight room for a full year together, that's the best way his program works. That's why 2008 and 2009 they went undefeated both years. Not because of talent, because of cohesiveness. And I think that's what he'll want to get back to. 
So I don't expect this tr- this transfer um, trend to continue as heavily. But that said, this day and age, it's just so much more of the norm in college football. And yeah. if you can get dudes that are Pac-12 caliber players, I mean, if you can get a Trajan Cotner and Omar Hicks Ono who played in the Pac-12 a bunch, you can get a guy like Justin Belknap who started in the Pac-12, you're going to get him. Stutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Quickly, Colter, because in about 10 minutes we're going to speak to the uh, newest recruit for the class of 2021, right out of the city of Missoula, out of Missoula Sentinel. It's TJ Roush, Missoula Sentinel wide receiver. But let's talk about him a little bit. Uh, you, you you talked about Jace Klusiewicz, who, of course, is going to be playing his first year at Sentinel this season, but formerly of uh, Frenchtown. And he was the first commit and and, uh, and one of the big names in this recruiting class out of the state of Montana to to finally make a decision on where to go. Went to the University of Montana. Now TJ Roush is number two. What do we know about him? He's a six foot three, hundred and seventy five pound receiver. A guy that has a lot of athletic upside. He's a, a really good basketball player too. Uh, he's definitely he's been one of the, he was one of their main guys last year, and he will he will be again this upcoming year as well. Um, we talk about the recruiting battle in state all the time. This is a dude that there was not a battle for him. Montana State didn't even come to the table. He did not have an offer for Montana State. That's because his mom is Ann Lake. Ann Lake was a all-time great Lady Grizz, thousand-point scorer, and one of the standout players in the mid '90s. Um, really fun player to watch back back in the day. I mean, she was, she, she was great. You know, she's a Missoula Big Sky gal, and uh, so I think that uh, it was kind of one of those deals where, okay, this kid's developed into a D1 guy. The Grizz offered him. The Grizz got him. Yeah, it wasn't much of a recruiting battle, but it's still very cool for him. I mean, I'm sure it's an affirmation of a, of a dream come true. But he's a guy that, you know, he was a, he was a good downfield threat a year ago. You know, Sentinel's offense revolved so much around Jackson Lee, but when they'd run their RPO stuff, uh, Dalton Bay, their quarterback, a lot of times he'd throw it deep to TJ Roush, and so I think that he's a guy that's probably going to be primed for a big senior year. But a strike by Montana because now they have a couple Montana guys in the barn. Montana State already had the six that got yeah. kind of got out to big lead, but now Montana's gotten the last couple. So we'll see if that can sort of uh, tilt the seesaw back in Montana's favor with uh, st- still some of the best guys in the state. You know, Dylan Rollins from Missoula Sentinel, as well as uh, Kenneth Iden from Bozeman. You know, those guys are still available right now, too. So um, the in-state recruiting battle rages on. Well, we will talk to uh, TJ about his decision, about his choice, about his recruiting directly. And we'll do it right after this. You're going to join us uh, on the show here. So we'll talk to him in just a moment. The Silver Slipper. They're open again for sit-down service. They've made some changes to help keep everyone safe and healthy. The patio is open so you can enjoy outdoor uh, seating when the weather is right. Perhaps not today, but very soon. We've seen some very sunny days. Nice to get out there. They're also doing weekly giveaways to local golf courses. So stop in and ask your bartender how you can win. Things are changing all the time, so like the Silver Slipper on Facebook for the most up-to-the-minute information. Plus, they have the friendliest staff in town, as always. We go to the Silver Slipper. It's all about great food. Gate food, not fruit. Do we eat fruit? I don't know. Colter? Kai might. <laughs> he eats every fring. <laughs> uh, it's all about great food, tasty beverages, and their urge to have a good time. Visit the SilverSlipperLounge.com for more info. Stop by today. See why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best kept secrets across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. 
That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends. Watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Also worth noting, didn't quite get to it there, but we will talk about this more. Mike Person retiring today after nine years in the NFL. Uh, one of the long shots to ever make it to the league, and then he not, not only makes it to the league but plays nine seasons in his last NFL game, boys and girls, a Super Bowl. So, you know, pretty good. Hats off to Mike Person, who's uh, been good enough to join us a couple of times and uh, a, a, a career well-lived, uh, well-played, and we're, we're uh, happy for him and, and wish him the best. And hopefully we'll uh, have a chance to get him on some here, uh, somewhere here down the line. It is To Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Boys and girls, football is always in season, is it not? So we go now to the Ragged Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in the newest recruit from the class of 2021 out of Missoula Sentinel for the Montana Grizzlies wide receiver there, T.J. Roush. T.J., thank you so much for being with us. How are you, man? I'm good. How about you? Well, we're doing good, TJ. We appreciate you being on the show with us. Thanks so much for taking the time. So, look, on one hand, you don't have to connect all that many dots. Your mom played for the Grizz. You're in Missoula. You're going to play for the Grizz. It makes all the sense in the world. But what was it like for you to to, to go ahead and say, hey, you know what? This is I, I, I've worked hard you know, at, at my craft at football, and I'm looking forward to playing for the hometown team at the University of Montana. It's got to be exciting, right? Oh, it's definitely exciting. It's been a, it's definitely a dream come true for me. So, I'm very excited. What, what was the process like for you? When, when, when did you start to, to maybe have some conversations about playing at the next level? And what, what were the things that kind of said, okay, this is the time where I want to make this announcement and make this commitment? Um, I'd been in a little bit of contact since about the football season, but uh, a couple. Um, about a month ago, they just called me up and kind of told me they were going to have a talk about me the next day, and the next day they offered me. So, yeah, that's kind of how it worked, and yeah. TJ, hey, Coulter Duanas, I'm the one that's uh, been in contact with you. Thanks so much for jumping on the show with us. Interesting, right, now, given with everything that's going on in the world, right? I mean, it must be really hard to be a guy that's getting recruited because if you're not from right here, there's a very little chance that you're going to be able to come here, take a visit, do all that kind of stuff. So I think that's maybe slowed the recruiting for both Montana and Montana State, especially when it comes to out-of-state kids. But you grew up here right in Missoula, Montana. So uh, what sort of things did you already like about the Grizz program before maybe they even started recruiting you, just things you already knew from just growing up going to Grizz games and things like that? Oh, yeah, I love the atmosphere. It's the best place to play. And obviously – Everybody wants to play in front of their hometown. Just gives you that little extra boost every time you 
play. So and TJ, that was kind of the main reasons for me. You had a number of uh, of of offers or opportunities, Colorado School of the Mines at the D two level. Basically, every program in the state from the Frontier Conference wanted you to come play for them. And so, you know, when you have these different opportunities, and you know, you still got a lot of time until you know next you know November December to to make a commitment. Why did you want to choose right now to make that choice to go to the Grizzlies? I uh, just kind of, in my mind, I knew what I wanted. It's always been a dream to go D1 and especially play for the Grizz. So when that offer came on the table, it's pretty hard to pass up. Now, going back a long ways, Sentinel was always a great basketball school, but never really was producing very many football players. But that's changed over the last half dozen or so years. And this last couple of years, it's become a hot spot. I mean, a place where there's several uh, Division One caliber guys um, on the team each and every year. And I know that, you know, Jackson Lee was on your guys' squad a year ago. Jace Kluswich coming in now uh, from Frenchtown to join Sentinel. And you got yourself. I know Dylan Rollins is getting recruited pretty heavily, too. What about the Sentinel program is getting you guys ready to make the jump to the next level? And we just play hard. We work hard. And we play as a family. Everything gets done the way we want it. We got a good coach. He gets us all opportunities. And he makes sure that I mean, we make sure that we get stuff done on the field and it pays off in the end. T.J. Roush, new Montana verbal commit for the football program. He's going to be a senior at Missoula Sentinel coming into this fall. And you mentioned your coach, Dane Oliver. It's actually funny because, you know, Coach Oliver, he played for the Grizz years ago, but I think his senior year was Bobby Houck's first year at the helm. So has Coach Oliver shared any stories with you about what it's like to play for Coach Houck? He has not yet, no, but I'm sure they're coming. <laughs> no doubt. Two television one is one oh two nine ESPN radio. TJ you had a had a very nice season this last year as a wide receiver, twelve touchdowns, over five hundred yards receiving. He also played cornerback as well. Do you have any idea, first of all, what you like the most? What's the thing that you, you hope to play? And have you had any conversations about where you're going to be used uh, for the Grizzlies, at least initially? Um, yeah, uh, I think my preference would probably be on the offensive side, but right now they're recruiting me as an athlete, and they just don't know where I want to play. I told them I'd play wherever they put me, so I'm down playing either side. From a high school perspective, I know it's got to be uh, trying for you guys, not really knowing what the fall might hold, but I think everybody's a little bit optimistic at least that we're going to have some football. So uh, just from a preparation standpoint, I mean, this is usually the time of year where you're grinding and working out with your buddies what's the summer been like for you so far what are some of your goals this summer as far as preparing yourself for a season that at least hopefully will happen in the fall um yeah so we uh we've been working out in the mornings for about a month now and we're finally starting to get back into it we've been playing a little seven on seven and stuff like that now but uh yeah some goals i'm just trying to put a little more weight on get a little faster and just keep working on my craft and stuff like that so uh, TJ, Jace Clusa, which as Coulter already mentioned, tra- transferring into uh, Sentinel, going to play his, his final years there, year there. So you guys are going to be teammates. He obviously a very good football player. He's headed to the University of Montana as well. But while he was at Frenchtown, if I'm not mistaken, you were pretty busy on Friday nights yourself, so probably didn't actually get to watch him play all that much. You haven't started you know, full you know, practices and that sort of thing. So when you hear you know, a kid like this is coming in and he's going to be on the team, I'm sure you're excited you know, to have anybody that can come in and help you win, but also maybe not knowing exactly what type of player he is. What do you know about him and, and, and what does he bring to the dynamic, do you think, of the offense for, for Sentinel? Oh, yeah, well, I've known Jay since I was super little, so we're pretty close. We've been close, so 
I know he's a good football player. I've watched him a lot. And, yeah, I'm excited. He, he's ready to go, and he's he'll do anything to win. That's what we need on that team. Do you tell him, uh, you know, like, we're happy to have you here, but stay away from my reps? Do you say, you know, <laughs> I want I, I want the dang ball, too? You give him that, that, that noise? Oh, yeah. He'll, he'll hear a bunch of that, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, given the fact that he scored, uh, I think, 30 touchdowns last year. They probably want him to have the ball a little bit, though, right? Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Tell, pressure off of me, too, and the rest of the teammates. Yeah, for sure. Well, tell us a little bit about your family connection. Your mom was a, Ann Lake was a great basketball player uh, for the Lady Grizz in the early to mid 1990s, 1,000 point scorer. I was on several different Big Sky Conference championship teams. So, what sort of Grizzly pride has she instilled in you growing up? And what's that experience been like, you know, following the Grizz, uh, ha- having had a, a parent that was uh, such an outstanding athlete at the university years ago? Oh yeah, we've had uh, we've had season tickets at Grizz games since before I was even born, so I've been going for forever. So, definitely tried to get me on the Grizz grind just like she did from a very young age. You know, sometimes it's easy. You know, if your parents are doing stuff, and you're like, okay, you know, like it's uh, I don't need to hear about the glory days or whatever. But now, all of a sudden, that you are going to the University of Montana, obviously, you've been, you know, growing up a, a Grizz fan your whole life. Is there a cool aspect to have that sort of familial connection and and feel like, hey, you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm about to do something that is you know now generational in your family. Yeah, exactly. It definitely means something to me for sure. Well, that's Pretty cool awesome. to be able to carry on the legacy. So, Well, that's awesome. Well, TJ, we appreciate you taking the time out and joining us on this. We wish you the best here in your senior season uh, there at Sentinel and look forward to uh, to tracking your progress there and then uh, beyond at the University of Montana. All right, my man? Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. You got it. Thanks, TJ. TJ Roush, wide receiver and cornerback at Sentinel, athlete headed to the uh, University of Montana and the second recruit of the 2021 season in state here for the Grizzlies. And, uh, yeah, happy to have him on the show. We appreciate his time very much. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, two Montana State Bobcat women's basketball players going to play in Sweden. Tell you who and where they're going to go right after this. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Better than Arrogant Rat, Modest Mouse. Better than who? Arrogant Rat? Oh, I get it. I get it. That's see like what I'm uh, doing. see what I'm doing. It's like uh, Lonesome Farmer, Jolly Rancher. <laughs> Indeed. That's a, that's a Jace Palmer special right oh, there. Shout out. Uh, very good. Are you into Modest Mouse? You like Modest Mouse? Oh, dude. 
See, I, man, I, it's, it's what's lost in the radio is your face, man. It's just, it's well, not that's possible. why I'm on the radio. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, is like when you express visually your love for something like you just it's just so it's you don't need to say any more words to um, me i realize the depth of your care for this band i i i love unapologetic people i love people that uh, embrace their inner insanity and I think that Isaac Brock, while he has had a lot of different controversial run-ins that paint him as a less than exemplary person, which I don't necessarily agree with, especially when it comes to some of the um, harassment that he's been involved in. I think that he is a true um, artist. I, I think he's. A, I think he. I think he's. He truly knows how to embrace his inner strife and turn that into creativity. Mm. And uh, I mean, the last time I saw Modest Mouse. It was just it was Isaac Brock in a nutshell. Oh, he was came, it, he was came it out. Here? It was a, it was that big sky. Didn't know which guitar to play. He he comes out and he plays like three or four songs. It's this is a mid September concert, but it was one of those mid September nights where it was really 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 cold. Yeah, and then it started raining, and the guitar techs couldn't get the guitars to be in tune like he wanted, and so he throws this huge fit and exits stage right. And we're all standing there in the rain, and we're like, yeah, they coming back out. Everybody's cheering, chanting. You know, is that it? We only got four songs? Encore, encore, <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. My buddy who I'm with, who's a huge Modest Mouse fan, seen him a dozen times. He's like, dude, there's no way, even if he's being, you know, even if he's being his surly Isaac Brock self, there's no way they're going to leave all these people out here without at least one little thing. We got to wait. We got to wait. Okay. Comes back out. He's uh, He's had some medicine. And he's ready to roll, and uh, they just ripped through like 11 songs in a row, and it was phenomenal, and then that was it. Show was over, but uh, he had to throw a little fit, had to go have some uh, tonic water, uh-huh. and came back out and let it rip. But uh, I I love guys like that that are just uh, unabashedly themselves. And I think a lot of people don't know, uh, Moss Mouse with Montana Ties, because Isaac Brock spent some time as a kid in Helena, Montana. Helena, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, very good. Thank you, Coulter. Uh, let's talk a little Montana State women's basketball for uh, for a minute or two here. Fallon Friggy, Claire Lundberg, both heading to Sweden to play basketball. Uh, Claire Lundberg, how, how many games did she play for Montana State? A dozen? About 16. 16? Yeah, she, got, she heard about halfway through her one and only season after transferred, transferred from Seton Hall. Right, transferred from Seton Hall and and was, you know, this this grad transfer that had one you know one shot and came in was gonna was already a captain you know named a captain of the team in the offseason everything like that and then goes down with the you know just a terrible injury but nice that it's great that she is rehabbed from that and is now having an opportunity to play uh professionally overseas and then Fallon Friggy also heading to Scandinavia to Sweden uh to play in her post uh Bobcat career and another one year transfer, although she sat out. Well, they both sat out a well, year. Yeah, right? Claire Lumberg actually over. was not a grad transfer. Yes, yeah, she did. She sat out one year. Yeah, but okay, right. But only had one year of eligibility year of when she you got it. when it was available ultimately for her. Um, but good for for both of them to be able to go play. And I mean, this is something that Trisha Binford is now has now you know done and done with great efficacy, and that is to find you know senior players, I mean, legitimately one-year remaining types of players that need a change of venue for whatever reason and bring them in and have them be really, 
you know, high character people and 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 not just not just great players on the team, but leaders of the team. Right, and, and I think that th- that's why the detail of, of grad transfer or not is actually important in this situation because I do think that with the transfers that Trisha Binford's brought in re- in recent years, the from Claire Lundberg to Martha Cooter, who played a key role in this last yep. year's team, she was also from Seton Hall. To Claire Lundberg, Claire Lundberg, and then Fallon Frigi, they all had to sit out that one year, but that helped them then get acclimated to the team. And I want this to come out the right way. I think one of the most pleasant parts about covering women's college basketball is that the hierarchy of the of the team, the internal workings of the roster, it's almost never in doubt. The best players almost always rise to the top. The best players are almost always revered as the leaders. You can have toxic chemistry situations in women's basketball, no doubt. But there's so often in men's college basketball where you'll have one, two, three, four guys that think that they're better than the dudes that are the best dudes. I mean, I I can tell you for a straight-up fact, there was multiple guys on Montana State that thought they were better than Tyler Hall when he was playing there. And they would never like back down to him or let him embrace any sort of leadership. There's no hierarchy uh, when even if he's a quiet guy, whereas women they default so much to the best players, and I think that that's where these transfers they come in, they learn the culture, so they don't have to then like brazenly take over the team. They become acclimated and learn everything about the locker room, but then also their talent helps them rise to the top as well. And I think the year that they sit out, it's important. You know, one reason, and I think that that a lot of what you say is true. What's the highest level of basketball for the men's game? The NBA. What's the highest level of basketball for the women's game? I mean, let me say that differently. The highest level is certainly the WNBA. Well, I mean, or the Russian CSKY Russia is yeah, the, is yeah, the, the Russian level. But the 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 point I'm just making is college basketball for women's bat for women's basketball is a much bigger deal than the WNBA is. And right. so, so, so I mean, like break it down with under UConn's. Take it through the lens of the UConn Huskies, right? Like. Brianna Stewart, take take the Brianna Stewart and the Maya Moores of the men's game. Yeah. Like Brianna Stewart's not going to UConn. If she knows Maya Moore's there. Right. Brianna Stewart is definitely going to UConn because she knows Maya Moore's right, there. Right, right. I totally. don't care if I have to sit out. For, I don't have to care if I don't play as a freshman. I want to go to the best well, program. And I think part of that though too is this: the a bunch of these men's players, for better or worse. Their goal is not to play at the University of Montana or the University of Kentucky or no, the University. No question. Their goal is to play in the league or totally. a league, but that's that's it. And so this path mm-hmm. is all about how do I get to where my goal is? Totally. But if your goal is UConn and now you're at UConn, like, okay, you're totally. the, you know, like you've done it. You I know, mean, there's I, there's a certain ability it seems like to to you know. To be to graft in as as a family a little bit easier for for whatever reason, yeah. I mean, think about the 2018-2019 Grizz of of their top eight guys in their rotation. I think the only one that didn't think he was the best player was Bobby Morehead. And a lot of it, I'm not trying to slight those guys at all because a lot of it, you have to have that irrational confidence mm-hmm. and belief in yourself. But like Donovan Dorsey was never like, man, I'm not the best guy on the court. He always thought he was right. Right. And sometimes he was. Right. <laughs> Total. But I mean, right. but it, it, it's an interesting dynamic, certainly. But I do think Trisha Benford has done a great job of this, uh, of having transfers come in and learn the culture and then be empowered to rise up. But I also think, I mean, it's like Fallon Fridgey said, it, it's so interesting how long sometimes it takes 
head coaches that have great philosophies to find their mark. Trisha Burford is a great basketball mind. She, you know, she was a great point guard at Boise State. She played professionally for half a dozen years, and yeah. then she's been a college head coach now. For she'll be going into her sixteenth season at Montana State this next year. But the first ten years of her career, they were solid, but they were not Big Sky Conference champion caliber. Now they're sitting here; they've won three out of the last five Big Sky Conference championships. It takes yeah. a little while to find your mark, but the cultivation of this skill based. It's all about us. It's all about the family. It's all about the experience. It took a while. and it, it, I mean, I remember when I first started covering Montana State, they were recruiting good athletes that just weren't – they were recruiting like athletic, defensive-minded, like bulldog-style point guards instead of re- really skilled – You know, who cares what your size and your athleticism is? Give me the best ball handler in the Northwest. They finally started recruiting that, and look what they got now. I mean, they got Hannah Cottle and then Darian White back-to-back, two of the – smoothest point guards we've seen in the big sky right. in the last half dozen years. It just it takes a little while to find the mark, but I think that now that the word is out there, I mean, especially when you also talk about on-campus experience, academics and stuff like that, for better or worse, a lot of times young women prioritize that kind of stuff a lot more too. Like when Claire Lundberg, you, you ask yourself, how does someone get from Seton Hall to Montana State? Well, she's a physics major. major. She wanted to go learn physics in the mountains. And so she yeah. finds it and recruits herself there. But now that the word's out there, I think that they're going to have more and more transfers landing on their doorstep as well. And if you have the ability to immerse them into your culture, I think it's nothing but a good thing. And I mean, these two young ladies, it's proof of that going to play professionally after having great careers at Montana state. It's two telling they want us one or two nine ESPN radio hour. Number one in the books, hour two straight ahead, Cam Newton signed for new England. That's not a surprise. He signed for the league minimum. You kidding me? That is a huge surprise and another coup. And now it makes me think that there really is something. I'm ready for your conspiracy theories, Coulter. We'll get to that right after this. Hey, the Silver Slipper, they are open again for sit-down service. They made some changes to help keep everyone safe and healthy. The patio is open. You can enjoy the beautiful weather outside, enjoy a drink, enjoy dinner. They're also doing weekly giveaways to local golf courses. So stop in and ask your bartender how you can win. Things are changing all the time. So like the Silver Slipper on Facebook for the most up-to-the-minute information, plus the friendliest staff in town, even with everything that's going on, the national crisis, they have the friendliest staff. You go in there, you're going to be happy. Also, the Silver Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty beverages, and their urge to have a good time. Visit online at thesilverslipperlounge.com for more info. Stop by today to see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. They're across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 